You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. When you know God, you will trust Him. It's because people don't know God that they don't trust God. If you know somebody's character, that person becomes predictable. If you know that God cannot lie, if you know that every word that God sends out cannot return back void, you will trust Him. Because you know you can rely on Him. That's faith. Now you have faith in God because you know He's reliable. You know you can trust Him. When He says He's going to do something, He will do it. If he gives you a promise, you know he will do it. Even if you're an Abraham and you have to wait, the Bible says through faith and patience, they inherited the promise. Most people think that faith is mental consent. They think because they know it and they can think it, it's faith. But faith is something that comes from the regenerated spirit of man. Faith is something that when you align yourself with the word of God, I mean when you obey the word of God, faith comes spontaneously. It's not a work, it's a grace. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God when you have revelation there'll be a conviction now faith is the evidence of things hoped for faith is that heavenly currency that you can rely upon because God said it do you have a conviction in your heart that God is who he says he is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced a real fire. A fire that was even made hotter. But they did not change their confession. The Bible says and teaches us in 2 Corinthians, we believe, therefore we speak. When that revelation becomes a conviction and you know you can trust God, you can rely on God, your faith in Him is unshakable. Even when you face a fiery furnace then, you'll say to the king, whether our God delivers us or not, He's our deliverer. We know who God is. We're not changing our confession. Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us, That faith is the only thing that pleases God. And that you actively have to see God and know that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search out a matter. If you know that God has given you a promise, activate your faith. Don't just say it. Do what you have to do. We have one life to live for Christ, and that life is so dear. 
Faith is not just saying it. When there's true faith, there'll be action. For faith to be faith, it needs your heart's full agreement before you make a confession. The generation we are living today, a faithless generation, they say one thing with their mouths, but they believe another thing in their hearts. They say the right thing to please people, but in their hearts they believe a different thing. Faith is not something you switch on and switch off. You live by faith the whole time and not by sight. The good news is family. Faith is something you have. Faith is something you have. The Bible says we have been saved by grace through faith. Where did you get that faith to get saved? Where did you get that mustard seed faith to be saved? There's something being kept secret for years on the inside of you. Christ, the incorruptible seed on the inside from the beginning of time. Our hope and our glory. The thing that God values most about you is not how you look outwardly, what position you hold. It's beyond human comprehension because in our hearts we are made to be like God. You are the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. You are made in God's image and His likeness. He has planned and predestined good things for you. Christ has been hidden on the inside of you, that incorruptible seed. Although it's small, it's incorruptible. And as you respond to it, it pleases God. And salvation comes into your life. That's why no person will ever be able to say, I did not have it in me to please God. You've got it in you. What was it that God said to Thomas? Thomas, come put your fingers in here and come feel. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. Faith is not seeing, faith is believing. Abraham, the only part of Abraham's life recorded in the New Testament is the part that he was in faith. Romans 4, go read it. Who contrary to hope in, hope believed, and he became the father of many nations. Who did not doubt, who did not waver, but he called those things that were not as though they were. Am I right? What about Ishmael? Why isn't that recorded? Because there, he was not acting in faith. The covenant that God made with him, the plan that God had, was not Ishmael. Did God bless Ishmael because of him? Yes. Because God was in covenant with him. And he said, you've made this decision, you've made a mistake, but I'm still going to bless you. I'm going to bless him. Amen? Aren't you grateful God didn't change his mind? Because if he changed his mind, we would not be here today. The promise that was made to Abraham 
was not made to his seeds, but his seed. Capital letter S. Go take the time and go read Galatians 3. From Galatians 3 verse 13 to the end. It says in Galatians 3 verse 13. Cursed is the man that hangs on a tree. Christ has absorbed the curse. For you and me because he died on the cross. And he says the promise was made to Abraham. And he seed Christ. Why to Christ? Because Christ would never fail. Christ is the word that became flesh and we could see its glory. Then if you read there verse 14, 15, you'll see the promise that was made to Abraham was the Holy Spirit. Emmanuel, God is with us. If you know God is with you, why are you doubting? If you know God is with you, why are you fearful? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 8. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. Why does God say pray? Because prayer is a work of faith. When you know your relationship has been restored with God, you'd want to communicate with God. Remember I said many people's faith is mental consent. It comes from their mind. They know I have to say this, I have to do this. We have today many people that we say this is a man of prayer. Do you know men of prayer? Men that can pray, women that can pray? And you think, wow, look at this person, how they are praying. And it's good to pray. You have to pray. You have to see God's face. But the question is not if you are a man of prayer, are you a man of faith? Because you can be a man of prayer, but perhaps you're not a man of faith. Do you know what that means? It means you are praying for a long time. And you think God should hear you. But prayer does not move God. Because praying is not saying words. That's why many of us are so frustrated because we've not seen our prayers answered. Because we think because we are serving in church. I've been an usher in the church for 10 years. God should answer my prayer. We think because I'm giving my tithes and my offerings that God should answer my prayer. You think because you've been crying every night, because of all the tears, God should answer your prayer. Not one of those things are a reason to answer prayers. The only reason for answered prayer is what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And putting your faith in what He did on the cross. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. I'm reading from verse 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's get in a boat and go across to the other side of the lake. So they set sail. Soon Jesus fell asleep. Does it feel like Jesus is asleep in your boat? Does it feel like Jesus is asleep in your boat? So they set to sail. Soon Jesus fell asleep. The wind arose. And the fierce wind became a violent squall that threatened to swamp their boat. 
So the disciples woke Jesus up and said, Master, Master, we're sinking. Don't you care that we're going to drown? Family, the one translation says a vicious storm. It says the boat was rocking. There were big waves. Mark 4 says the boat was full of water, busy sinking. These are real situations and circumstances. Does it feel like your boat is being shaken, rocking? He's saying the boat is full of water. It feels like they're going to sink. Fears grip their hearts. They are panicking. Okay, let me give you another version. Daniel in the lion's den was a boat that was rocking. If you don't do what we tell you to do and bow your knee to another God, we're going to feed you to the lions. Does that sound like a boat that's rocking? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's a fiery furnace. Has it been hot in your kitchen? It's a boat rocking. Esther, if you don't go to the king, God will raise up another person and do what you're supposed to do. Don't think because you're in the palace and you're safe and you've got everything. You've got the Armanis and the Gucci's and you've got the new X4 or X5 or whatever. If you don't do what God has called you to do and activate your faith, God will raise up another. Don't think God cannot shake your boat in the palace. Hello? Look here what happened. So the disciples woke Jesus up and said, Master, Master, we're sinking. Don't you care that we're going to drown? What kind of a Jesus would let his disciples drown? Does Jesus really care? Have you been asking questions like that? With great authority, Jesus rebuked the howling wind and surging waves, and instantly he stopped and became as smooth as glass. Then Jesus said to them, Why are you fearful? Have you lost your faith in me? If you go to the New King James, he says, Where is your faith? Jesus didn't come to them when they woke him up and said, Was that a terrible experience? Shame, did the salt water burn your eyes? I believe the waves were big and it almost felt like you were choking at a stage. You, you had, was it difficult to breathe? Did it feel like the boat was going to flip? Did Jesus do any of those things? If you go to Mark chapter 4, you'll see Jesus got a pillow and made himself comfortable in the boat. The question is not if you're going to have a storm. The question you should answer is Jesus in my boat. If Jesus is in your boat and he has said, let's go to the other side, it doesn't guarantee smooth sailing. David said in Psalm 91, in the time of trouble, I will be with you. What does that mean? It means you're either in trouble now, and God said, I'm going to be with you, or you're going to be in trouble in the future, and God says, I'm going to be with you. The question is, is God with you? Is he in your boat? If God is in your boat, and he says, let's go to the other side, guess what? You're going to go to the other side. He was disappointed in them that they did not trust him. Mark 4 verse 40, the Passion Translation says, Why don't you trust me? 
Remember, I started off by saying, if you know somebody is reliable, you can trust him. If God has said, let's go to the other side, you're going to the other side. Why did he ask them, where is your faith? Because he knew faith is something they have. The reason why their faith is not activated, the reason why they are not trusting him and believing him, has got nothing to do with the storm. It's got everything to do with their hearts. The situation that you are facing right now, there's nothing too big or too small for Jesus to handle. But God is interested in your character. He's helping you so that you can be a person that can please Him. Because faith is the only thing that pleases God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remained in faith. They said, whether our God delivers us or not, He's our deliverer. Their confession they made with their mouths had their full heart's agreement. And faith was released. And look what God did for them. Daniel went to his room and as his custom prayed three times that day. He says, I'm not going to let this situation and circumstances change who I am. I'm going to thank God three times today again. Where is your faith? He didn't ask, was it rough? He didn't ask, Yo, did it feel like you were going to die? He said, where is your faith? Because faith like a mustard seed can move a mountain. Faith is something you have. Family, God wants to be involved in your life like a mother. Do you know mothers are involved in your life? You think as a father you're involved, but mothers know everything. Mothers know everything. God wants to be involved in your life like a mother. Why does God say pray? Because as soon as you start communicating with the invincible God of power and might, you're demonstrating your faith. Prayer is an act of faith. That's why it's more important to be a man of faith than a man of prayer. Because you can be a man of prayer and perhaps not be a man of faith. You can be praying for everybody to be fed. But you don't even buy one bread to give to somebody next to the road that needs it. Are you then blessed to be a blessing? If you're blessed to be a blessing... Be a blessing. You know what's the problem in the church today? I want to be blessed. Even when we give, we expect a blessing. Now it's very quiet. You want to give to get. Why don't you just give like God gives? Because true giving in faith and in humility and sincerity of heart makes you more like God. Who gives to everybody liberally without expecting anything back. Do you think when God gives you something, He expects something back? If what God has given you, if He had to expect something back, would you be serving Him? But many of us serving God today, God, I'm going to give you this. Make sure you give me this. God, give me this 10 
billion rand contract, I'll give you one billion. This word has the ability to discern the intents and the thoughts of our hearts. If you can activate your faith, things will be different. Pray is the master key to reach Jesus. But not just praying. There needs to be faith. That's why even when you are praying, sometimes people say, I pray, it feels like when I'm praying, I'm praying against the ceiling. Have you heard people say that? When you pray like that, you're praying from the wrong position. Because the Bible says we enter into the holy of holies by the blood of Jesus. So as soon as you apply the blood of Jesus in your life, it speaks of forgiveness, redemption, sanctification. You can enter into the holy of holies. Now you are seated in heavenly places and you're praying from heavenly places. Now you're not trying to pray up to heaven you seated in heaven. But you know why you cannot go into heaven? By the blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus speaks of two things. Forgiveness for you and forgiveness for those that have wronged you. Faith that is authentic, real faith works through love. But you are praying with an offense in your heart. How can you pray with offense in your heart and enter into the holy of holies, let the blood of Jesus speak for you, but you're not allowing it to speak for others? Ephesians 4 verse 32 says, Forgive those who have wronged you as Christ has forgiven you. So you forgive people like God has forgiven you. So it's oftentimes when you've not forgiven a brother, now you don't have confidence towards God because you think God forgives the way that you forgive. So we sit with a lot of offended people in the church and we can have long prayer meetings. But perhaps not all those prayers are full of faith. Mark 11 verse 22. Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. It says, if you know that you're made in God's image and you're aware of heavenly things, let the faith of God be in you. Listen to the truth I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt, mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea, believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer, convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. And this is what people have taught us. When you pray, standing, praying, believe that you receive it and you will have it. Claim it, frame it, proclaim it, and it's yours. And we've all been taught that. Am I right? And we men of prayer, claiming it, and you've been claiming for how many years and you have not seen anything. Frustrated with your prayer life. Let me give you the reason why. You should read on a little bit further. And whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. Many of your blessings will be released as soon as you release the person that's wronged you. Many people have been praying without results because of this. 
and they claiming and they framing and they confessing. Your confession needs your heart's full agreement for faith to be faith. Remember David in facing Goliath, what the giant confessed and what he confessed was exactly the same. The giant said to him, I'm going to kill you today. I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air. And David said, no, I'm going to kill you today. And I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air. You've not come against me. You've come against my God. What was the difference? Although he was a giant, although he was big, although it was a storm, although the boat was rocking, although the boat was full of water, feeling that you're going to drown, those situations and circumstances were in the realm of defeat and failure. The giant, although 10 times bigger, or not maybe 10 times bigger, a giant, three times bigger, bigger weapons, found himself in the realm of defeat and failure. Whereas David, maybe much smaller, found himself in the realm of victory in Christ Jesus. It's there where faith is not a work that's done in you, but it is through you. Where you pick up those little stones and you can kill a giant. It's there where your confession gives you possession. It's there where you can keep your solid front knowing that God is the one fighting for you. Your heart is the key. If you've not released people when you've got something in your heart, your faith will not work the way it's supposed to work because faith works through love. Can you see why God has not entrusted many people to heal and to deliver? Because if you have that power to heal and deliver and you don't have love, you'll use it to destroy your enemies instead of helping your enemies. If you have the faith to call down fire from heaven, but you don't have love in your heart, next time the guy parks on your parking spot that says reserved, and you have the ability to call down fire from heaven. And you say, I heard I must forgive. And you have now forgiven him seven times. What will happen the eighth time? Do you know I can call fire from heaven? Do you really want to park here again? Go to Mark 16. Are you ready to activate your faith? I mean, are you ready to love as Christ loved you? died for you, gave his life for you. Mark 16 verse 14, then Jesus appeared before the 11 apostles as they were eating a meal. He corrected them for having such hard, unbelieving hearts because they did not believe those who saw him after his resurrection. Family, listen to me. A un or a hard heart is an unbelieving heart. If you've hardened your heart, it will affect your believing. It will affect your faith. Jesus, before he laid hands on his disciples, rebuked them because of the hardness of their hearts. He says, why is your heart so hard? 
Some of you have hardened your hearts towards your spouse. The Bible says, husbands, you should live in peace with your wives for a spiritual reason. Keep the peace between the two of you so that your prayers may not be hindered. David said in Psalm 64, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The Lord's eyes are upon the righteous. Many things that you are praying for today, you had them in the past. But now you're praying for them again. Why? Because of a lack of maintenance. Because you think if I can only get those things, it will be the end. But you don't realize that's not the end. The end is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you receive these things by faith, you're going to have to maintain them by faith. That's why Jesus said in John 5 verse 14, he said, Go and sin no more, lest the worst thing happens to you. You're going to have to hold on to God even more now that you've received your blessing so that you can finish strong. Jesus is saying, where is your faith? Why is he doing that? Because he knows faith is something that you have. If you are born again and you are born from above, keep your trust in God. Even if it feels like your boat is full of water, even if it feels if it's going to flip over, even if it feels like Jesus is asleep, the truth is, God said, we're going to the other side. Even if that boat was half full of water, even if it was under the water, that boat will still move in that direction. Because God said, we're going to the other side. Amen. Amen. Has your boat been feeling like it's full of water? Has it been rocking? Did it feel like Jesus is asleep? Jesus' question to you in that situation is, where is your faith? Start speaking to that storm. Start commanding it to be still. Make sure that when you make that confession and you start speaking to it, first believe it before you say it. Don't just say it. Make sure you believe that God is who he said he is and that he's going to do in your life what he said he's going to do. And this kind of faith is the thing that will please God. Family, listen to me. Your obedience to the word of God is the only proof of your faith. And when you are obedient to the word of God, faith is something that comes spontaneously. It's not something that you have to work. It's spontaneously. Selah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.